NBA on NBC. What is up, everybody? This is Jim Mylock, and you're listening to Pot of Fame, the podcast where we break down the careers of former athletes and decide whether or not you're going to call to the hall. On today's podcast, we're talking about the NFL draft. What else could we talk about here? My whole weekend was spent watching the NFL draft. They have stretched it across three days, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. From Thursday night through Saturday afternoon, I'm on my couch. I'm watching the draft. I'm hearing names I know. I'm hearing names I, I don't know. But I'm also getting super excited about the next batch of NFL players. That, that's why the NFL drafts one of my favorite weekends of the year. So just a new talent coming in the league, new people, new players to get excited about. And my Chicago Bears, I think, had a, a really good draft. Um, so what I want to do today is I'm not going to give you a, a full draft recap or anything like that. I'm sure you're, you probably had enough of that coverage. So, you know, after that weekend there, if you were doing anything like I was and sitting in front of the TV and watching that. So what I'm going to do today is I'm going to do I'm going to do the impossible. Uh, general managers, analysts, they spend year-round, scouts year-round, trying to get the draft right. And we all know that half the first-round picks this year probably won't end up being very good pros. It's, it's wild. They're paid year-round to look at these players in college, critique every little thing imaginable, what they eat for breakfast, what their mom's made, like middle name is. They know everything, yet they still get a lot of these picks wrong. So, what I'm going to do is not just try to predict who's going to be good in the NFL, who's going to succeed, who's going to get that next contract. I am going to try to predict today the five players from this draft class that are going to end up in the Hall of Fame or have the best odds of making the Hall of Fame. Now, there are draft classes where there are over five Hall of Famers, and there's draft classes with much fewer than five Hall of Famers. So this exercise might not even be possible. There's, there's drafts where there's no Hall of Famers. But what I'm going to do is really take a look at this and based on the talent I see, based on the situation they went to, because again, a situation matters almost as much as the talent. If you get put in a bad situation, it doesn't matter how talented you are, you might, not, you might fail. So we're looking at the fit, we're looking at the position, and we're looking at the overall talent and trying to decide who has the best odds of making it to Ken at the end of their career. Who gets that gold? jacket so that's today's podcast um had a lot of fun watching the draft and had a lot of fun recording this so sit back relax enjoy uh with that let's talk about the five most likely nfl draft picks from the 2023 draft to make the hall of fame who's most likely to make the hall of fame here we go all right so my top five most likely Hall of Famers from this draft class. And I kind of want to explain really quick here at the top what I'm thinking here. So um, if you look at the Hall of Famers today, way more than a majority of Hall of Famers were first-round draft picks. Um, 130 Hall of Famers were first-round draft picks. Once you get to the second round, that drops down to 38 Hall of Famers in the second round. If you go to the third round, there's 24 Hall of Famers. Fourth round, there's been 12 fourth round Hall of Famers. And then after that, it gets to single digits. Okay. So 
if I'm trying to do this kind of impossible task here, I'm, I'm going to focus on the first round. Uh, obviously, there's a much better chance I, I hit on a Hall of Famer uh, if I'm focusing only on the first round. So all of these five individuals are first round draft picks. And if I'm looking at position, I didn't want to have this kind of anchor me down too much, but not surprisingly, the most Hall of Famers play the quarterback position. Um, there's 34 quarterbacks in the Hall of Fame today that are quote unquote traditional quarterbacks. But then there's another 25 players that are considered like either quarterback halfback or quarterback running back um, from when they played in like the 30s and 40s. And they weren't passing the way they did today, but they were still kind of under center. So think of the old school quarterbacks like the Sid Luckmans, the Sammy Boss. Those guys are considered quarterback halfbacks by the the Hall of Fame today. I consider them quarterbacks. So if you add all of those guys in, there's almost 60 quarterbacks in the Hall of Fame. If you look at other positions like wide receivers high up there on the list now, 32 wide receivers in the Hall of Fame. If you look at cornerbacks, it's about 23. Defensive tackles, 20. And then most other positions it actually goes under 20. So even though I didn't really like this quarterback draft class, and I'll get to that in a second, just based on statistics, I felt like I had to pick one of them. Wide receivers is kind of up there too, and cornerbacks. So I'll kind of be focusing more on those positions as well, just to, again, hopefully give me the best chances to pick at least one Hall of Famer. I mean, honestly, if I get any of these five right at the end of the day, I'll be pretty happy with myself. So let's start at number five, the fifth most likely player from this draft class to end up in the Hall of Fame. So looking across that first round again, which I'm going to be focusing on, the first player I'm going to land on is, is, is someone who I think was a steal when he was drafted all the way at pick number 17 by the New England Patriots, and that's cornerback Christian Gonzalez out of Oregon. So Christian Gonzalez was someone on a lot of people's big boards. He was, he was a top 10 pick, and that's because of the cornerback position. He has the size you want to see. He's about six foot one, 200 pounds. And he's super fast, runs under a 4-4, 4-3-8-40-yard dash. So he has the speed you want to see from the cornerbacks today. He has the size. And he also has the ball skills. He had four interceptions last year um, at, at Oregon. And, and, I mean, that's high up there, honestly, when you're looking at cornerbacks. Uh, he's, he's got the skills. He's, he's got the coverage skills. He can kind of play, you know, up on a receiver, kind of, you know, at the line as well as in coverage. And I think he's someone where when we're thinking about someone who might end up in the Hall of Fame, I think he's someone who's going to be very high up on the interception list year after year, which, again, most of the time correlates to things like Pro Bowls and all pro teams. Now, I don't know if I would have Christian Gonzalez as one of these top five people if he wasn't going to New England. But there's something about a defensive player in New England where I'm going to give them a little more. Um, I guess, runway to develop into kind of a pro bowl, all pro type guy. Uh, you know, Belichick throughout his career, obviously Tom Brady is a main reason why those Patriots teams won, but a lot of those Patriots teams had great defenses. And when I think of some of the people they had in the secondary, especially someone like a Ty Law, um, you know, they had Lo um, Malloy, uh, they had, I'm trying to think Samuels was there in the, in the defensive backfield for a while there, Rodney Harrison, They've had a lot of DBs that have had a lot of success. And I feel like the Patriots scheme-wise set up those defensive players to have a lot of success. 
So I feel like Christian Gonzalez is going to a perfect situation before Belichick eventually retires one day. He gets situated there and starts to put up, you know, hopefully some good numbers, can collect some all pro, some pro bowl, some interceptions and get him on the way to Ken. Uh, again, another defensive back I just thought of that was there and had some really good years was right. Stephen Gilmore. Um, excellent year or years in New England. Um, I guess I associate good DBs with that organization. So taking someone as highly as skilled as Christian Gonzalez really does kind of, I feel like put him in a good position to succeed. So that is my number five pick for kind of the most success, um, or I guess most likely to be a Hall of Famer, it's cornerback Christian Gonzalez. Now going to number four, I'm sticking on defense here. And this is someone who I actually wanted my Chicago Bears to get at number nine. Um, He ended up going number nine, but the Bears traded back a pick to the Eagles. Um, They picked up a fourth round pick, but they traded back to 10. Uh, The Eagles came up to nine and they selected Jalen Carter, uh, defensive tackle out of Georgia. Uh, Jalen tackle or Jalen Carter was someone who was projected at one point to go number one overall. And it's because just raw talent wise, he might be the most talented player in this draft. Um, you know, he's humongous, right? Six foot three, 314 pounds, but super quick, right? Quick feet, um, fast off the ball, can get in the backfield quickly and just like disruptive, like a pure pass rushing talent from the inside um, at his size with his body measurements, you know, long arms, 33 and a half uh, arm length. This guy is just powerful, quick, fast. And I feel like if he harnesses all of his abilities, this is a guy who's going to make all pro teams. Now, obviously he came at nine and I talked about, he had the number one talent. Well, I think most people probably know here uh, by now, a big reason why he drafted is he has some character issues and that might be selling it short. You know, he, for those of you who are not aware, he was, um, he was recently, it's still pretty recent, He was recently involved um, where a a teammate and a coach, a staff member at Georgia, it seems like the staff member and the teammate, they were drag racing against Jalen Carter. Um, The car with the team and the staff member, they lost control of the car. They crashed. And and unfortunately, both of them passed away from their injuries from the car crash. Jalen Carter fled the scene. Um, Why he fled the scene? That's going to be undisputed you know it could be he's scared he could be there's something in his car regardless he leaves the scene comes back later he lies a bit he gets caught up in the lie um he gets you know there's a warrant out for his arrest during the combine not a great look they were talking about him completely free falling you know into the like late first round um you know he he kind of came out later owned the situation um, obviously, he was interviewed uh, about this, and the Eagles feel comfortable picking him at nine. And honestly, the, the situation couldn't be better because outside of the whole drag racing thing, there there was you know concerns around you know does he does he care about football enough? Does he have the work ethic enough? Uh, it seems like teammates like him, but there was grumblings that you know maybe he's his he's not he doesn't have his whole heart in this. And you really just succeed in the NFL unless you have, honestly, even the most talented people need to really put the effort in to succeed. But 
yeah, if you slack, if you're not doing the conditioning, which again, people running him through drills said he was failing conditioning drills, things like that. If you're not all in, you're, you're not going to succeed. So it really depended where he went, how I felt like his NFL career, NFL career would shape up. And going to the Eagles could not have been a better situation for him. Because if you look at that Eagles defensive line, there's veterans like Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, Josh Sweat's on that line. Uh, his ex-teammate from Georgia, Jordan Davis, is on that line. Like he has not just veteran presence, but someone he knows from college all on that line. He does not need, he, like he'll rotate in in the beginning here, but he can really be with some vets who are not going to let him slack. They're going to keep him, I feel like, motivated and also put a lot of pressure on him to, to perform. I feel like that he is going to the perfect situation to harness the skills that allowed him to really succeed at Georgia and be that disruptor he was. He will be able to serve a similar line where at Georgia, a ton of talent around him. In Philadelphia, a ton of, a ton of talent around him. And let's see if they can harness all of that. Now, my big fears of Jalen Carter outside of, you know, the, the character concerns is I feel like a lot of his wow factor are a few plays where, you know, his athleticism really jumps off, right, the film. There, there's a play where, like, he... He, he like picks up the quarterback kind of like just with one arm, like holds him up. Um, it, lo- it looks ridiculous. And, and everyone kind of goes to like, this guy's just like lifting up quarterbacks with one hand. He's like throwing multiple offensive linemen off him. And it kind of, it kind of reminds me a little bit of when Javadi and Clowney was coming out of South Carolina and, and he had a couple of highlight plays where he was just exploding in the backfield, like, lighting up running backs and everyone was like, look at this freak. And, and Clowney is a freak of nature, but he's not going to the hall of fame and his NF career. I don't want to say he's a disappointment. He's made a number of pro bowls, but it just wasn't what we thought it was going to be. And, and that's my fear of Jalen Carter. He has all this athleticism he can make these crazy plays that really stop, stop you in your tracks. And you're like, wow, that's a hell of a talent, but he never really is able to put it all together. Uh, and then that doesn't translate on the field. That's always, that's always a possibility um, with raw talent with Jalen Carter. But again, his situation with the Eagles really makes me feel confident that he will be someone who's wrecking the league for years to come. Maybe not this year. He might only put up, you know, two, three sacks this year as a member of this Eagles line, this really, you know, strength of their team. But down the road, Jalen Carter, I just keep your eye on him. I really think he's going to be a disruptor in the NFL. All right, going to number three, I have a quarterback here. So again, I really don't want to pick a quarterback because I think this quarterback class was not that great. I know three won the top four picks. Um, And then Will Levis was rumored to be like a top five pick at some point. He, he of course, won the second round of the Titans. But, you know, Bryce Young went to the Panthers with the first pick. CJ Stroud went to the Houston Texans with the second pick. Anthony Richardson went to the Colts with the fourth pick. I honestly, I'm not high on any of these guys. Um, CJ Stroud, I I don't think he's going to be great in the Texans. I hate to say that. I wish something good would go the Texans way. I think Will Anderson Jr., the third overall pick they got, I think he's going to be great on defense. I don't think CJ Stroud is going to be great. I think they should have waited Till next year to draft the quarterback when I think the class is a little stronger at the top. Anthony Richardson, 
he is the classic you fall in love with everything about him except how he plays the quarterback position um his physical traits are off the charts he's huge he's six four weighs like 230 runs like a four four um has a cannon rocket arm um like the best broad jump ever in by a quarterback in the NFL combine era, the best vertical ever. Like if he, he sounds like a great basketball player, to be honest, he's just, he's a freak athlete, but he didn't, he, he wasn't a great college quarterback. He's inaccurate. He doesn't make the best decisions. He misses a lot of open receivers. His, you know, his ability to kind of go through the reads progressions, not the best. He has all these raw attributes. Like we were talking about Jalen Carter. This guy's even rawer than Jalen Carter and has probably more athleticism than Jalen Carter. But I just, I didn't see him play good quarterback at Florida. And again, can he's going to a great situation, I think, in Indianapolis. Can Frank Reich and that team, you know, that staff, coach him up, make him a great quarterback? Possibly. Is he the most intriguing quarterback? Does he maybe have the highest ceiling? Sure. But I don't see, I I see him as the, you know, Jake Lockers of the world, the Mitch Trubisky's of the world. These, these players that the scouts fall in love with what they can be, but they never actually perform like that at the college level. And they just expect them to, figure it out on the NFL level where everything's a thousand times harder. So I don't like that pick. I know it's exciting. I'm happy for Colts fans. I hope it works. I just, I don't see it. So Richardson, I'm out. I'm not a big CJ Stroud guy. And, and Will Levis with being drafted in the second round, Titans, I don't know how long Tannehill going to be there. I don't really want to pick at that, which leaves me if I'm going quarterback. And again, most, the most Hall of Famers by position is that quarterback. I'm going to go with one. It's going to be Bryce Young uh, out of Alabama, former Heisman winner to the Carolina Panthers. Um, you know, Bryce Young did everything you could have asked for him at Alabama. I mean, he, he, he tore it up there. He put up huge numbers. He made great decisions. Um, you know, the year before last year, his sophomore year is when he won the Heisman. He almost passed for 5,000 yards, 47 touchdown passes, seven picks. Last year, 32 touchdown passes, five interceptions. He has plenty of game tape to go off of. He makes extremely good decisions. He doesn't have the biggest arm, but he can make all the throws, but he's accurate, right? He's making all the throws you want to see. And I feel like he does his best, right, when he's not kind of in the pocket, but he's, you know, rolling out. Uh, The play breaks down. He makes the best of it. You know, he's... We'll get to this in a second. He's shorter. He's 5'10". So he kind of gets out of the pocket. So he has, you know, better lanes of vision to see. He reminds me a bit of like a shorter Tony Romo. Um, If I really want to think like the highest upside possible, it's like a shorter Steve Young. But again, I've said the word short now twice in a row. Bryce Young's only 5'10". He weighs about 200 pounds. That's the fear, right? That's why this is such a risky pick. If Bryce Young's 6'1". This guy's a no-brainer number one pick, but he's 5'10". And yes, height's not everything, but there's a certain point at the quarterback position 
where it hurts you that you can't see over the line. I mean, your offensive linemen are six foot five, six foot four. It's can't see over the line. It's, it's, it's not great when uh, your balls can get battered down easier because you know, you're the starting points lower. Um, those two things hurt you. You can get, you know, just his stature is smaller. You can get injured. I just talked about Anthony Richard, he's 6'4", 230. Him getting tackled versus Bryce Young getting tackled, that's different to me. If Bryce Young can stay healthy and he can let height not impact him, and again, like Drew Brees was a very short quarterback. He had a Hall of Fame career. Like, it's definitely possible, but he's one of the shorter quarterbacks of recent memory to, to come out. Um, and really, if you look at hall of famers, everyone's, you know, in the six foot range, that's just what we expect. And that's honestly, I guess, to be fair, that's what most quarterbacks are. So I guess there's, hasn't been many five, you know, under six foot quarterbacks to ever play the game. Um, and maybe there's a reason why, right? So can Bryce young kind of break the mold of, Hey, a five ten quarterback can do it. I hope so. For the sake of these picks I'm doing, I hope so. Because everything else, he really has. Uh, I think he's a playmaker. Uh, Carolina thinks a better team than um, a lot of teams, you know, that could be drafting him here. Obviously, they traded up from nine to one. I mean, they almost kind of made the playoffs last year. They have a great defense. I think a team around him that's good. Uh, But we'll, we'll see what happens with him. Again, I think the height, as most of the scouts say, is the thing that people are scared of. Um, so maybe he can prove us wrong. And again, if he's getting out of the pocket a lot, height doesn't matter as much. But in the pocket, that's where he worries me a bit more. All right, going to number two. We are going wide out here, wide receiver. And we're going to Quinton Johnston out of TCU, who was picked number 21 overall by the San Diego, well, the Los Angeles Chargers. Still doing that. All these years later. So I'm picking Quinn Johnston kind of for two reasons. One, I think he's a very good prospect, but more Justin Herbert's there. And Justin Herbert, I think is one of the best young talents in the league. And Justin Herbert is going to be in Los Angeles playing for the chargers. I think his whole career, and he's going to put up numbers. I mean, he's going to need someone to pass to and his wide receiver core continues to get hurt every year. He has receivers, but every year I think a couple of them going down and then he's throwing to, you know, Austin Eckler all the time or the backups. He needs a guy to stay healthy, stay consistent and be there on the field. And I think there's a good chance Quinn Johnson could be his number one guy. You know, the Jerry Rice to Joe Montana and Steve Young, uh, that kind of receiver, you know, Payne Manning had Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne. I think Quinn Johnson could be Justin Herbert's version of that. He's six foot three, 210. He's got a 41 inch vertical. He goes up and gets the ball. He's like a basketball player out there. And he put up huge, huge numbers at TCU. He looks like he can play the part. He averaged 18 yards a catch. He's not a burner, but he can definitely, he gets, he figures out how to get open. And, and he has great after the catch ability, obviously with that 18 yards per catch. Six touchdowns, I'd like to see that a little higher for a nose for the end zone. But again, sometimes that's kind of just a fluke. Great body control. Again, you will see him making big catches on SportsCenter come Monday morning after Sunday football happens. That's just the kind of guy this is. So he has the size. He has the speed. He has the hands. I really think this guy 
could be Justin Herbert's big, you know, his go-to receiver. And anytime you're thinking of Hall of Fame receivers, what do most of them have? They have a Hall of Fame quarterback or at minimum a Pro Bowl level quarterback. So we know Justin Herbert's there. Can Quinn Johnston, can he be that guy? I mean, again, that's up for that's up for debate here, but he's in a really good spot for being because, because again, Herbert's going to do this. He's a young quarterback. He's going to do this for the next 10 years at least. And then this guy has all the physical attributes to be that number one guy, to make those kind of big plays. It's just, can he put it all together? And then hopefully, unlike the other receivers in, in Los Angeles, can he stay healthy? So I think as long as he stays healthy, he's going to have a very, very good you know, career in the NFL. Is it a Hall of Fame career? Again, he has the talent. Can he put it all together on a football field against, you know, top tier cornerbacks? We'll have to see. So finally, my number one pick for the most likely to make the Hall of Fame that after their career, they're in a gold jacket. It's a cornerback. It's the number five pick in the draft. And it was by the Seattle Seahawks. And that is Devin Weatherspoon out of Illinois. My own backyard here in Illinois. Three, actually three and a half hours south, but in my state. Um, Devin Weatherspoon, I kind of can't get enough of this kid. Um, He's 5'10", 184. I think that's probably the scariest part. I don't know. Some people have a measure at six foot, some 5'10". He's on the shorter side for a cornerback, right? He's not a big tall cornerback he's not Gonzalez he's not lanky like that um but he's 5'10 5'11 ish but that hasn't seemed to stop him from being one of the best coverage corners slash tacklers um we've seen in college football in quite some time Uh, if you look at his career at at U of I at Illinois um, last year opponents against him and again with him at Illinois he was not playing zone or anything. He was following the best wide receiver on the opposing team. And when he was following the best, so again, he's playing the best every week. All he did was let 22 catches for on 62 targets across the year for 206 yards. So for the season, he let 206 yards across 12 games. Okay, do the math on that one really quick. Let up zero touchdowns. You ask yourself, was that a fluke? It wasn't. The year before, he only let up one touchdown. The, the guy was a monster. The QB rating against him was 25.3. Now, he didn't run the combine, but at U of I's pro day, he ran a 4.43. So he's got the speed. Um, the guy is a nose for the ball. He had three picks last year, but he broke up uh, 14 passes. He reminds me, like, his attitude overall is like Duran James, the safety for the Chargers. He's just like... He's like a Jalen Ramsey too. He's he's cocky. He's got this. He's he's got the attitude you want, you need, from a defensive back. And again, this might be super lazy of me, but I think the Seahawks. I think of a cocky, confident cornerback, and I start thinking of the Legion of Boom. I think of Richard Sherman. I think of Cam Chancellor. I think of how great that secondary was with the Seahawks when they won the Super Bowl and made it to the other one, I feel like Devin Witherspoon can kind of be the second version of that lining up opposite 
of Woolen, who, you know, was a great cornerback for the Seahawks last year. You know, Pete Carroll's still there. I think this could be Legion of Boom 2.0. I know that's not a, a hot take. I know a lot of people are saying that, but I see it there, right? And, and again, is part of that, I just want that to happen possibly. But but Weatherspoon does not really have weaknesses. He he can pick up the ball. He's a ball hawk. He's a great tackler. He makes jumps and reads on the quarterback. He's reading their eyes. He's reading their language. He's making the play before it fully develops. Um, the only weakness of his is his size. And again, at cornerback, whether he's 5'10 or 6 foot, 5'11, he's in between that. Everyone's listening differently. He's on the shorter side, but there's been really dominant cornerbacks that are five foot nine. It, and, and again, he can make the tackles he needs to. So it's really just staying healthy. You know, can he tackle the big running backs, the bigger wide receivers? I don't see it being a problem just by how ferocious he is. Maybe he adds a few pounds on um, and, and he's able to play, you know, better at that weight. But, but really, he has everything it takes to be a lockdown cornerback. And also a guy who can play man-to-man, bump and run, really do it all. I am so excited to see how he plays this year. And I really think he'll be a front runner for defensive rookie of the year. Because again, with Woolen at the other cornerback position, I think quarterbacks will try to test Weatherspoon a lot in his rookie year. And that's where the interceptions come from when you're being tested. And I think he'll grab, you know, five, six of those this season. So I am super high on him, but we'll have to see what Pete Carroll does with him. So those are my top five. So we had two cornerbacks, uh, a defensive tackle, wide receiver, and a quarterback. Again, I tried to go with some of the positions that have, uh, you know, kind of the most players in the Hall of Fame today. Uh, Again, None of these players might get in the Hall of Fame, but again, if I get one of them right, I will be pretty happy. Uh, but for me, it's just really exciting to get new talent injected in the league. I think that's why I love the draft so much, right? Like you have all these players, over 200 players coming now into the league, adding the undrafted players even more. The league's already talented, and then you're infusing more talent in with some of these blue chip guys I'm talking about. It's just super, super exciting that there's always a flush of talent coming in. You know, people say this wasn't the best draft. I agree with that to a point. Yes, the blue chippers weren't as high. Like there wasn't as many of these like game-changing talents. But I do think there's a lot of players that are going to contribute, going to contribute right away. And, you know, Weatherspoon is one of them. You know, um, Johnston on, on, on the Chargers is one of them. I think Jalen Carter is going to do some damage this year. And I think Christian Gonzalez... Uh, on New England, I, I think this Gonzalez, um, this, this Gonzalez Weatherspoon rivalry. There, there's a lot of drafts where there's kind of two cornerbacks taken pretty high in the draft. I know Gonzalez was not till 17. Weatherspoon went five, but I think all the way back, I can't think of the draft class right off the top of my head. It was when Terrence Newman got drafted by the Cowboys, and then Desmond Trafant, or I'm sorry, Marcus Trafant got drafted a few picks after him by the Seahawks. Those two battled it out for years now. I was always thinking, you know, who is the actual better cornerback, uh, Newman or Trafant? And that was the 2003 draft. I just looked it up. Um, And then, you know, there's been other ones. I mean, recently, just last year even, right? Um, Oh, man. Oh, Sauce Gardner. And who am I blanking? The Texans picked him. Singletary. Sauce Gardner, Gardner and Singletary, who's the best corner right now 
it looks like it's it's sauce. But Singletary had a, a great year on on the Texans, and it could easily be him down the line. So I kind of love when two cornerbacks like who's the best one coming out. They kind of go head to head for their entire career. Um, but we'll have to see kind of how that happens uh, between them. But right now, I think Weatherspoon is is definitely definitely the better one. So those are my top five. Um, that is all we have for you today. I hope you enjoyed the NFL draft. If you didn't watch it at all and you don't really watch college football, everything I said today didn't really make probably much sense. So I'm really happy you stuck with me. Um, but for everyone else, thank you for listening. Next week, we'll have a baseball episode coming for you. If you don't already, please subscribe to our podcast uh, on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Um, follow us on Twitter at Pod of Fame. Follow our stub, sub stack. It's at past, present, and future. If you've done all of that, you've done your homework. Have a great week, and I will talk to you on Monday. Take care.